0: Before we just jump right in, um, I want you guys to listen to this, okay? (coughs) Just listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground. For it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 fold and 60 fold and 100 fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you guys understand this parable? Let me explain. The sower is a musician that released a new song. The seed that was sown on the path is when... She released that song on Spotify and uh, it hit kind of the new music section. Uh, But there was another artist on there, Madison Cunningham, that (laughs) stole all the plays. And so no one even listened to that artist's um, new music. Uh, The seed on the rocky soil is when she posted something about the song on Instagram. And people were pumped and they listened for that minute of Instagram and they loved the music and they thought this is great. But then they realized, ah, it's too much work to click link in bio so that I can actually go and listen to the whole song. And then they just kind of forgot about it. And nothing ever happened with the song through Instagram. The Seed Sown on the Thorny Soil is when she released it on YouTube and people listen for just a bit and you know how if you own a youtube channel you can see like how long people listen and stuff and if it's a certain percentage or length of time it counts as a listen or not but what happened on youtube is all along that right side um, with all of the ads and the up next section and all of those crazy titles like you're not going to believe what this person did and all that they got distracted and they're like oh my gosh this looks even better than what i'm watching and so they decided not to, um, not to continue. The seed sown on the good soil is when she released it on Facebook. And people listened, because you can see it right there in the browser. People commented. People shared. And that song went viral and had millions of listens. Now, what's wrong with my interpretation of the parable of the soils or the seed? Facebook isn't relevant anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with it is it's not Jesus' interpretation of that parable. Jesus gives us insight, spiritual insight, into correct understanding and application of his teaching in this passage in chapter 4. And you can't just make up an interpretation to what Jesus wants to teach. There's only one correct interpretation, and that interpretation comes from the teacher, the one who's using it. And we're dependent on that teacher to understand what the parable or the illustration he's using means. Okay? will talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, the context where we come in Mark Chapter four is, uh, as you guys know, the religious leaders, the scribes, Pharisees, um, they are not, and Jesus' family, are not receiving who Jesus is. They're not receiving his teaching. He's preaching the kingdom of God, and they're, it's just not falling well into their lives or understanding. Others seem to be receiving Jesus' teaching. They're following him around. They're looking for another miracle. They're like all around him, kind of crushing him in, but they will fall away eventually because they have no depth. They're just there for something that's on the surface that looks good, but they don't understand who he truly is. And the difference um, that we'll see tonight with all of those other groups and the disciples, uh, one difference that we'll see relates to last week is that Jesus' people or God's people are those who are with him. And we're going to see the disciples with him through this understanding and teaching of the parables. Um, but people are responding all sorts of different ways to his teaching And so he goes into some parables that maybe describe what's going on In verse 1, chapter 4, it says this And he began to teach beside the sea And a very large crowd gathered about him This is kind of like what it said in chapter 3 He's teaching from boats He got in a boat and sat in it on the sea And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land And he was teaching them many things in parables. Okay, parable, just so we know, it's, I mean, I think you guys know, but it's just, it's a comparison, or it's an illustration, right? We use sermon illustrations. It's that kind of thing, parable. Um, A lot of Jesus' parables seem to be describing the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God is like. We talked, I think, the first week, how the kingdom of God is kind of, or second week, it's kind of hard to understand. We said maybe a good word for kingdom would be reign, the reign of God is how we might understand the kingdom of God, but it's a little bit hard to understand. We don't know exactly what it looks like or if it's, to what extent can we experience that now, to what extent do we have to wait? And so Jesus uses parables, illustrations to say here's what it's like. Now when we use illustrations, generally when we use illustrations, we're trying to help people understand, right? We're saying here, I want to illustrate this so you can understand what it's like. That's kind of the case with Jesus' parables, but tonight we'll see it's kind of not the case with Jesus' parables. He's not always trying to help them to understand. Um, We read in verse 2 that he was teaching them many things in parables. So he's he's using these parables to teach, but most of the people are going to walk away, and they're not going to understand really what he was teaching. So what does that show? Is Jesus a bad communicator? Like His illustrations just really aren't connecting with people. He picked the wrong thing or maybe he wants to do something different with those parables. In verse 2 it says and in his teaching he said to them listen. That word the other places in this passage where you see the word here H E A R here is the same word as listen. I wish that the Translators, of the Bible would just use the same word there because it's a it's a key word in the parable. But it's the same word, "akuo," a I think. Um, and it bookends this the first parable, the parable that I read. it Starts with "listen" and it says, "He who has ears, let him hear." At the end of first nine. Okay, so there's it's couched this parable of the soils is couched in this word "listen." Listen means it, it's not just the we're taking sound into our ear, right? Um, it's to heed, like to okay, listen carefully. He actually says two words here: "listen" and "behold." In the in verse two, um, we know what Jesus is saying when he says "listen." Uh, it's like a parent who, like, they're talking to their kid, and they're like, they put their hands on their shoulders and put them like right on my face. I need you to listen to me, right? Because I maybe I'm not, maybe I'm hearing them, but I'm just not not listening closely enough. Um, when Mary Beth and I are performing our own original music. We want people to listen. We don't want to be background music to where it's kind of somewhere off there somewhere, but we want people to, like here, we put work into this. We want people to actually listen and here. Um, when uh, Mary Beth was being checked, she told me yesterday that she this happened twice, I only remember once, but she was having her hearing checked. Um, and so she goes to the audiologist, they run all the tests and stuff, and uh, because she just, she, she genuinely felt and still sometimes feels like, now oh, I'm losing my hearing, you know, maybe that's just gonna be my thing, I'm not gonna hear well. And like l- literally the, the diagnosis that the, I think, audiologist gave her was that she has selective hearing. <laughs> <laughs> my mom tells me I have the same thing. Yes, yeah, some of you have selective hearing. <laughs> So it's not that that she can't hear, but she doesn't choose to hear some things, right? And probably like my nagging tone or something, she chooses not to hear it. Um, We have to choose. We have to choose to listen. Um, And Jesus is saying, "I want you to listen to this illustration. Don't let it just pass over you. I want you to listen." Um, I'm not going to read the, that parable again. I'll read it when he goes into the explanation, verse 14. But, um, and I think that most of y'all are pretty familiar with, with that parable of the sow, sow being sown, seed being sown in many soils. Um, we have a pretty easy time, us sitting in this room, kind of getting the gist of that parable. Um, but if you imagine people just hearing it for the first time, it, it wouldn't have been quite so easy to understand. In fact, imagine if the parable that, that I had, for the explanation that I had given of that parable, the musician releasing a new song, what if I had just said, I'm gonna teach you guys something and I taught you that, and at the end of it, I'm like, and so that person then that the song went viral and it had a million plays. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. <laughs> You'd be like, you because you're not familiar with that parable. Uh, just like the original hearers weren't, you wouldn't immediately think, let's go to the deeper meaning, or what What could he, you know, let's figure out what he might mean in this. Um, and you can imagine, like people are listening to Jesus teaching, he's this popular dude, he's done all these crazy things, you can imagine people listening to that um, that parable as he's teaching from the sea, and they might have gone home and had many different interpretations of that parable, who knows what they thought. Their, what they thought he meant by these different seeds being sown in different soils. Um, they they could have walked away with many different things. Um, if I said there was a soccer player who threw a baseball from Arizona to New Mexico, do you understand what I'm saying? And you guys would ponder that and you might come up with different explanations of what that means. Um, How do we know the correct interpretation of this parable? But we are dependent upon Jesus to explain what the parable means. So, Like I said at the beginning, it's whatever he says. He's the teacher, so he determines the meaning. We depend on him for that. Little side note, anything that we come to in scripture there is a meaning for it, and it's not the meaning that I decide to put into it, or the meaning that I come up with. It's the meaning that God intends to give to us, and it is up to me to seek what that is, and Him to reveal that to me. Um, but there's there's there is a meaning, and we're um, seeking what that is tonight in this particular parable. Um, verse ten. So, so he says the parable just by. Uh, Just in the story form. And then verse 10. And when he was alone, instead of the crowds all around him, all those around him with the 12, which this is a funny thing. It's like he was alone, but all those around him with the 12. Okay, so it was Jesus and a few other guys. Um, They asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? All right, stop there for a second. The secret of the kingdom of God. Something about... Let's pretend we're kind of learning along with those people who are hearing maybe the book of Mark for the first time. Something about the reign of God... The kingdom of God coming in an unexpected way. Maybe in this person, Jesus. It's a secret because you can only know it or understand it if somebody tells tells you what it means, if somebody gives you understanding. Um, Jesus' parables are not a riddle that you can figure out intellectually. If we try to get God's truth apart from him, we won't understand. Why? Because he wants us to come to him for truth so he can reveal it to us. Um, I've heard it said before that understanding the Word of Christ is not primarily an intellectual pursuit, it is a spiritual pursuit. Understanding the word of Christ is not primarily a intellectual pursuit but a spiritual pursuit if it were an intellectual pursuit think about it you could just reason your way to god we'd have something to brag about in our salvation then too that's what um that's what first corinthians 1 talks about paul's like hey i'm i'm teaching you this simple message this word of the cross it's going to seem foolish it's going to seem dumb The Messiah being killed. That's the message of the cross. That's the word of the cross. That seems like folly to those who are perishing. But it's through that foolish message that we are saved. And why is it through a foolish message that doesn't take human reasoning to figure out? He says, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. I figured it out. I'm the smart one. I figured out God. All of you non-Christians are just dumb because you can't figure out what God is talking about here. No, instead, Jesus... Reveals things, God reveals things, his spirit reveals things to us um, in a in a spiritual sense. It's not something that we just arrive at intellectually because we've figured it out. Jesus' parables aren't for the smart people to figure out. They're for the humble people who want to learn from Jesus. R. Alan Cole says, here is an unusual teacher. His parables are designed to test rather than to illuminate. And to test not the intelligence but the spiritual responsiveness of his hearers. Jesus wants us to understand, but that will only come through seeking Jesus, through seeking him for the answers. How would the disciples understand? They're gonna be they're with Jesus here. They're coming to him for the answer. And they ask. What do the parables mean? Uh, verse 14. So they ask, and he says in verse 14, the sower sows the word. Here's the explanation. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word was sown. When they hear, now I know we've heard this a bunch of times, but just listen anew. As the, These are the ones that were sown along the path where the word was sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes it away the word that was sown in them. And these are the ones that are sown on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. Those are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Now I don't I don't think that this parable is only speaking about the initial hearing and potentially receiving of the gospel like conversion, but I think that's probably a large part of it. I think it is also very relevant to any teaching of Jesus that we hear, any of God's teaching that we hear or read in scripture. I think that you could uh, assume similar things with that. Um, most of what I talk through tonight might be on somebody's kind of first hearing or how are they responding to the gospel? Are they going to believe and follow or not? But I think it applies to all teaching. So obviously we want to be good soil. And we want other people to be good soil. Like, that's the, that's the, the goal in the parable. That's the desirable soil. Um, the one that receives the word, accepts it, and bears fruit. But what does that look like? Um, let's just look at verse 20 here. Those that were sown on the good soil. We're not going to spend a lot of time in the other soils. You can listen to a lot of different sermons on, the, on this parable. And um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it. But the good soil are the ones, first of all, if that's what we want to be, are those who hear the word. Now we can just stop there for a second. If you think about it, and if you consider all four of the soils, this is one of the things that all four of the soils have in common, at least in this parable. They all hear the word. The word is sown onto all of these soils. Okay? So... hearing is is needed to be to find that you are good soil but it's not the only thing that's needed to find that you're good soil it's needed we're going to talk about that in a little bit we can't go without hearing the word Um, and 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 so because of that if that's if that's what good soil is the, the good soil is those who have heard the word then one thing i think we can understand from that is for somebody to be good soil they need to hear the word or we need to hear the word um, there's a big history throughout scripture and throughout church history of people hearing God's word just just listening to it Paul tells Timothy I think devote yourself to the public reading of scripture and it's done throughout all of the Old Testament with Israel and it's, I mean when they're following God and then it's, it's been done throughout church history people listen to the Bible isn't it cool that we have Bibles here that we can actually listen I mean we've got you know different versions and translations that we can actually listen to it on our phone wherever we go Uh, we can listen to that. Well, let's read it. Let's devote ourselves to it. Let's listen to Jesus. Not everybody in the world has this ability. The seed has not been sown yet everywhere. Also, we miss kind of um, the the command in this. But remember when Jesus said in verse 9, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. That sounds a little bit passive. Oh, just let him hear. But that's actually a command that he says. Like I like how it's the NET Bible that says it's it's an imperative command. Whoever has ears to hear better listen, says. Like you, you need to listen. This is this is a command. Um, I'll take this opportunity to um, just say: if you'd like to join us, there's a lot of us that are reading through the New Testament this year. And um, a lot of you here are, are joining us for that, um, through the, uh, read, not read scripture, what is it, what's you the new version, the, the Bible I think it's called, um, or, or some, you, you don't have to do that with us, but just a little plug there, and we've got to hear the word of God, if we're good soil, if we want all the good things to happen out of the good soil, then we have to hear the word, that's where everything begins. So it's imperative, but is it enough? Based on the parable, apparently it's not enough because all the soils got the seed. It's only few of them actually produced. But the parable ends, he who has ears, let him hear. So we know, well, the hearing, like we were talking about hearing earlier, like Mary Beth hears, but sometimes she doesn't hear. Like The hearing has to go beyond just ordinary hearing. Like, he, Jesus isn't saying here, like when he originally says the parable, he's not saying, here this cool story about a farmer. There's a farmer, he sowed seeds, and some fell here, and some fell here, and some fell here. And then it fell on the good soil, and it produced a lot of crop. Cool story, right? And everybody's like, oh, that's, you know, it's not even a good story. It's just like, oh, that's the, that's it? But, okay, so I guess he had some conflict in the middle. He couldn't grow the seed, and finally he was able to grow the seed. But just, it's not a good story. Obviously, though, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond just this, obtaining of the facts or of the the information it goes beyond just the intellectual oh yeah I, I understand that story of received the information so don't just hear the word that's where it starts but don't just hear it but secondly understand the word you want to be good soil understand it this is where the difference starts with the fourth soil from the other three the other soils don't accept it. Do you see that in verse 20? Those, The good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it. The parallel verse in Matthew 20, um, Matthew instead of accept says understand. he so says they hear and they understand and they bear fruit how can you understand the kingdom of God? How can you understand the teachings of Jesus? What do the disciples do in verse 10? They asked. <laughs> Once again, they're with him. That's the important part of being a disciple of Jesus. Um, man, I was struggling through this teaching uh, just preparing this work worked. More on this, you may or may not even be able to tell, but I work more on this than most. Uh, just preparing to kind of understand its meaning, and I was asking Jesus yesterday and today what to, to give me understanding because I was struggling to uh, to understand um, not not just this parable, but we're going to briefly read another two parables too. Um, but isn't that where Jesus wants us to be? If we want to hear and understand, then He wants us to seek Him and to seek. Well, what is if what does this mean? Well, I'm gonna to have to go to Jesus to find out what this means. So, just a good practice when you're studying Scripture, when you're listening to Scripture, be prayerful in it. Um, or if you're if you're telling somebody else, if you're sowing the word in somebody else's life, pray that they would receive understanding from jesus pray that they would seek to know the truth and what god is actually saying pray we're dependent on jesus this isn't an intellectual endeavor this is spiritually given to us and it's spiritually given to other people another way i think that we can seek well what is what is this mystery how can we understand is to to utilize what jesus gives to his church with people that are gifted and knowledge of god's word and wisdom with teachers like that is jesus giving understanding to his word. Now, it's not going to be perfect coming out of my mouth or anybody else's mouth who's who's teaching the word of God, but that is a vehicle that he uses as we're asking him, give me understanding. Well, I'm going to talk to Eric. Or, yes, th- just three hours ago, four hours ago, I was talking to my friend Christian at Cornerstone Church. I'm like, what am I doing? What does this mean? I'm having so much trouble. I'm asking. In essence, I'm, I'm asking Jesus as I'm seeking an answer through who Christians given as a resource, or Jesus is given as a resource to our church and and Christian and other other people. Depend on Jesus to provide meaning. Remember the Pharisees a couple weeks ago? uh, Austin was teaching. They wanted to give definition and meaning to the law, the Sabbath fasting, miracles, who Jesus is, and Jesus, in essence there, what he's doing is saying, nope, I alone can perfectly define the meaning and the purpose of these things. They're meant to find out that meaning through Jesus, and they were trying to do it outside of that. You guys see a lot of people wanting to do this sort of thing, like wanting to find meaning, Uh, Wanting to find their own meaning for the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's, I've noticed like people, people treat the Bible like, um, because it's a spiritual document or because there's a little bit of artistic language in here. There's some poetry and apocalyptic writing because it's some of those things people then all of a sudden throw out meaning out the window or what maybe God intends to say in his word and they say well we, we can't know it's artistic it's it's spiritual so I can come up with whatever, whatever meaning I want for it to say isn't that what we can do it's like no you don't even do that with the poetry that you read you, try, you spend hours in your English lit class talking about a poem not figuring out exactly what this means to me but you're trying to find out what the writer of the poem wanted to say through these words right can we give scripture the same like Um, the same treatment at least as that so yeah I see a lot of people trying to make their own meaning out of scripture and not going to Jesus for the meaning but the teacher Jesus has a purpose in what he's teaching and sometimes he teaches in parables so that you have to depend on him to understand his teaching he doesn't lay it out there flat for you so that you might think you have come up with it but he actually says no you're going to have to work at this and you're going to have to come through me and understand through me and that's exactly what I think he's doing with this parable. Mm-hmm. The result of those two things, I hear the word and I gain understanding from the Lord, is the last evidence then of good soil. What's the last thing that happens in verse 20? They hear the word and accept it and what? They bear fruit. They bear fruit. Come on in. Hello. Um, come in. There's a couple other seats over here too. Okay. Okay. so that's the that's the third um, that's the third way that we see the good soil right we see the good soil in those who hear the word but all the soils hear the word we see the good soil in those who understand the word as they understand through Jesus, but thoroughly they bear fruit. So what I'm going to, my the way that I'm going to describe that is, hear the word, they understand the word, they do the word. Okay. Truly hearing God's word and truly understanding God's word means then that you begin to do what it says. Otherwise, you're not quite understanding that understanding that we read that the Israelites didn't have, even though they were hearing, but they couldn't understand. That word means to kind of put the pieces together. And not just put the pieces together intellectually, but put the pieces together where you're like, aha, this makes me move towards something. It moves you. It's not just a cognitive, I figured this out, but it's, it's volitional. Like It makes me want to go out and, and commit because I understand that now I'm going to do something. I think there's, I mean, you guys know this, I think there's an epidemic in the Western church, maybe you've seen this, a lot of the Western church anyway, that says as long as you understand, as long as you have the knowledge, as long as you've sought Jesus and you understand what's being said, then that's good enough. You're the good soil because you understand it. Leaving out the whole thing that, to t- truly understand God's word is then to begin to do it. Otherwise you haven't understood it. It's like, clean your room. Do you understand me? Yeah, I understand. You they don't clean your room. You didn't understand me. I told you to clean your room. If you think about it, the p- very purpose of sowing seeds to begin with, you don't have to be a seasoned farmer to know this. The purpose of sowing seeds in the first place is that you would have fruit come from your crop. And I, from what I understand, reading tenfold would be... Successful, but in this parable what the sower receives back is 30, 60, 100 fold which is way more than expected it's more than you could expect to happen naturally there's a lot of fruit that comes out of good soil, uh, Jesus says in John 58, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. You wanna show that you're a true disciple, you want that to be revealed in you, that you're a good soil, then you bear much fruit. In fact, in the parable, uh, as Matthew or Luke puts it, with the thorny soil, there's actually a little bit of growth that happens there, but it's the word for it is like this fruit that's real small and undeveloped. Like it's just this, it hasn't quite finished the job of becoming fruit. But what he's saying in the good soil is it produces Way more fruit than you could ever expect naturally. And I want you guys to think about this. What is what is the fruit? Like give me some example of what is the fruit that might come out of good soil. What do you think? Righteousness? Okay, righteousness, doing right things. Yeah? What else? The fruit of the Spirit. Okay, fruit of the Spirit. That's good. Yeah. How else might you describe those? Teaching the Word to others. Okay. Good, Keely. You're, like, ahead of the game here. That's what we're about to get to. And <laughs> Yeah, maybe you'd say good works, right? Um, oftentimes, it's you, you you know, you want people to see the good works, and then they'll glorify God if they see that in you. Um yeah, but what's what's inside of fruit? Seeds. 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 There's more seeds in the fruit. Seeds. That initial seed produces more seeds. In, uh, in the fruit. You know, some like an avocado. Each avocado fruit has one seed in it, right? Um, a pomegranate. Uh, the, that's what we were saying yeah that's the one that has like it's just has a billion little seeds it seems like inside or kiwi or whatever they've got a ton of seeds seeds reproduce themselves if the seeds don't reproduce themselves then eventually the forest dies right so the soil is not just understanding like you have this growing green kind of stagnant plant that looks a little bit healthy but it's missing it's fruit but but it's it's propagating it's like passing along more life through its seeds to new plants so in time the seed that was sown in you produces fruit or ought to produce fruit if we're good soil I the parable doesn't say this, but some of our some of the good works that we do, like some of our fruit is just good works. Like a lot of times people are like, well, does, do I only preach the gospel? There are other good works that I do. They say there are other good works, yes, that we do, but somewhere in the good fruit of those good works, you're going to find some seeds. Like all of the good things that we do, the fruit that we produce, the fruit of the spirit, there's there's something to be said about that. It's showing something. There's truth of the seed of God's word in that fruit. Just think about you know, the, the apple or whatever kind of fruit you want that just has these seeds in it. And so if a, f- if a fruit, last step, a fruit is meant to, or has seeds, if a, a seed is sown, it's meant to produce fruit, and a fruit has seeds, what is a seed meant to do? Besides some seeds that you eat for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Make. Plant it again in the ground so that it would grow more food. And the process starts all over again. Let's look at verse 21. He said to them, A lamp is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Stop there. Jesus didn't come into the world to put his word in you, his light, so that it will never be seen. He hides the word in your heart to grow and to increase and to yield and to be shown off in your fruit, to be made manifest and to reproduce seeds. And what he gives you, verse 24 I think says, you better use. Now, faithfully using what he gives us in the gospel and seed does not mean converting people to christianity to christ hmm. what is our responsibility to spread seed to spread seed so I, I think i was telling you this clayton um, in our uh, a church that mary beth and i were involved with before i remember the pastors was preaching through this and he had us all memorized one verse in particular and you're going to memorize it right now it's going to be really easy i promise <laughs> Five words. Okay, and it's easy to remember. It's Mark four fourteen. It's four fourteen. Yeah, that's you guys got that part. Mark four fourteen. Repeat after me. The sower. Just th- repeat this after me. The sower sows the word. The, the sower sows the word. Sower. Oh my gosh, you just memorized Mark four fourteen. You Your first, you first verse yeah. That yeah. Jesus wept well. Jesus wept. That's two. John 3, 16, really, uh, you got John 3.16. Yeah. The sower sows the word. Mark 4.14. Okay? Uh, I remember having that drilled in my head. Um, Any people, well, isn't the sower Jesus? Like, isn't this what Jesus is doing? He's sowing the word. Well, yeah, but, but he puts that in you to be passed along or to propagate. So, how do we make sure to be faithful? We don't make the plant grow, we sow the word. The sower sows the word. It doesn't stay hidden. It comes out of us in our fruit, and then we become a sower and we sow the word. I want to give you guys just three things to keep in mind as sowers of the seed. Okay, these are really important. I hope they're encouraging, and they take some of the. Hopefully, they give us a relief. They take some of the burden off of what we sometimes feel in sowing the word, or spreading the word of God. Three things to keep in mind as sowers of the seed. Number one, in sowing the word. We don't guess the soil. We just sow. Mm. We don't guess mm. the soil. We don't guess what type of soil we're going to be sowing on. We just sow. In fact, if uh, if you read up on ancient Palestinian farming, um, which I know you guys are going to go do tonight, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sowing actually, this is different than our farming, our modern farming, sowing actually comes before plowing. So we think you plow up the soil and then you put the seed on it now that this soil has been tilled or whatever, but they would sow everywhere, even on the little path that people had walked on and been trod down, and then they would bring in their their hatchets or whatever they used back in the day and they turn up the soil, they, they would plow the soil, and that would put the seed down up underneath where it's supposed to be okay so they didn't know necessarily what type of soil they would be sowing on it hadn't even been plowed yet in fact it it wasn't that they like they could sow even along the path and they would try the worst thing that would happen and the place they would lose the most amount of money is actually when the birds would come and they'd pick the seeds up off the path before they could actually get it plowed into the ground but they would sow everywhere they would sow liberally and then they would uh, plow, But our job, similarly, isn't just to sow where we think people might respond to the gospel. In fact, we have no idea who will respond. Okay, Maybe you've experienced that in your own life as you're sowing the Word of God and people apply it. Sowing the Word, we don't guess the soil, we just sow. Secondly, many soils, if not most, won't ever produce fruit. I don't want to put a number or a percentage on it. I don't think that's the purpose of the parable, but it seems like many soils will never produce fruit. It's one in four in this parable that actually produces fruit. Have you all ever been discouraged in your time of sharing Christ, maybe in different ways, in multiple ways, multiple times with somebody, and nothing seems to be happening? Sometimes I start to feel like, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong because God's word does not return void, so isn't something supposed to be happening here? There isn't fruit supposed to be coming out. It's comforting to me when I think about this parable that, and, and actually takes the pressure off that Jesus says very clearly in his explanation of the parable, there will be soils that don't produce As much seed as you want to sow onto them, they're not going to produce growth. Now, we don't know which is which. Remember, we we don't guess the soil, but some, if not most, aren't going to produce fruit. At least many, it seems. Thirdly, just to keep in mind as we're sowing seeds, the seed never changes. Remember what I was saying about how the word of the cross is is folly or it's, it's like dumb to people it's so simple that it's it it, it seems like foolishness it's, it's not intellectual it doesn't take smarts to understand the good news of Jesus sometimes when I'm sowing the word and it's not having the <coughs> response that I'm looking for all of a sudden I feel like I have to start trying to convince people of the intellectual um, reliability of what's being told to them like here's why here's all of my apologetics arguments here's why it's actually smart to believe in Jesus like if you're really smart you'll believe in him and I start trying to maybe change even the message of the word a, a bit to make it not so foolish and make it a little more palatable make this soil seem to be able to take it but the seed it never changes remember understanding The word of God is not primarily an intellectual pursuit. It's a spiritual pursuit. So when we share the gospel, it's a simple message. It's so simple it seems foolish or even dumb. But that's good news for us. We don't have to be a good sower. We just have to scatter the seed. The only difference, if you look at the parables... The only difference in, in the four different things that happen, it's not the sower himself or herself, it's not the seed itself, that doesn't even change, they're sowing the same thing. It's only the condition of the soil that matters, which we don't know. So we don't change the word, we just sow the word, we put it out there and we sow more of the word. And people don't believe or, and grow because they heard the most amazing evangelist. The most impressive sowers, they received the message of the gospel because they have good soil. Mm -hmm. They have a heart that's eager to learn and to understand, but the seed, the message itself never changes. I hope by the end of our study of the book of Mark that all of us have a clear understanding of and can explain clearly just what that seed is what is that gospel, what is that kingdom of God what is the good news that Jesus is proclaiming that he's going to call his disciples to proclaim it doesn't change, it's always been the same the sower sows the word and you have a responsibility to use what you've taken in to sow that seed and none of the response of how people respond to the word of God none of it is up to me in fact, I don't even know frankly how the biological process of how seeds grow um, but I don't have to. I can learn from Jesus how to sow the seed, how to sow the word. The sower sows the word, Mark four fourteen, Verse 26, and he said, this one's unique to the book of Mark, so let's look at it real quick. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. Watch this. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Puts in the sickle just means retrieves the fruit or grain. how and why do people understand and accept the word? How does it happen? I don't know. He knows not how. I remember you guys did the elementary school experiment where you put the, what is it, a pinto bean in the plastic baggie with the wet napkin and the you put the staples across. And then, did you guys do this? And you watched like, with, there's no soil, it's just the, bee, the bean sitting on a napkin mm-hmm. and you just watch it start to grow after a few days. You like put it up on your refrigerator and you watch the bean kind of grow, right? You can come over to our house. I have some going. Okay, right Clayton there, does that. Like his like own. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I can watch that thing happen. I still, like, I can't explain to you what's happening in that. I don't know how it happens. Um, it's kind of it's a similar idea that I think Jesus tells Nicodemus in John three when he says, "You must be born again." And now listen how he describes being born again: the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Like, I don't know how it works, how it's coming how the spirit's coming, how the spirit's going, how he's working in somebody's life, but I can I can kind of see the effects of it, but I don't exactly know how how that went, where it is. It's the same thing with the seed. We don't we don't know exactly how the seed grows. What are we learning though? Jesus does the work of growing the seed. Jesus opens spiritual eyes. He's the one that gives understanding needed to be a fruit-producing plant. So we sow and we watch, and we go to bed, and the next day we watch, and some of the seeds that we sow grow, and some of the seeds don't. And I don't know the details of how all that happens. All I know that there was a there was a plant. So at some point, if there was a plant, number one, a seed was sown there. Somebody sowed a seed. And number two, Jesus decided to grow it. And so like Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brought the growth. I don't, I don't know how it happened, but that part was up to God. My part was the sower sows the word. And so that's what I do. And so, what should I do? Sow seeds like crazy. Maybe you've been surprised at somebody that, you, that responds to the gospel, and you're like, where did that come from? I don't know how that happened. It's like, well, God gave them under, God revealed to them. They, were, it was, they, they, they wanted to know, and God gave them that understanding had a plant right on the other side of this wall all of a sudden pop out of the ground unexpectedly last year it's like this little vine thing and it has, it's a purple little flower that pops up and started growing around some wire that we have coming underground <laughs> and um i'm just like where did that come from it doesn't uh, i don't know i don't know all the perfect conditions that a seed will grow in which <laughs> ones will grow how they will grow where they will grow but i do know the the fruit of the seed that grew in me calls me to sow more seed Uh, last little uh, paragraph of a parable here he said with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it it is like a grain of mustard seed which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth yet when it is sown it grows up to become larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade I think what Jesus is doing with this is, is a larger picture. It describes the overall kind of growth of the kingdom of God. God's kingdom starts small, like a mustard seed, and it grows large. When it says the birds of the air make nests in its shade, I think that's just simply a comment on how large this plant has become. It started small, started actually with one man, maybe Jesus is the mustard seed, just this tiny little thing that was sown into 12 hearts, that grew and produced fruit and that fruit had more seed. And eventually that seed in them was sown into other people in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and it was sown into other people and centuries down the line, that same seed never changed. It grew and was passed along and passed along and passed along and started to grow in us. And now we have fruit if we're good soil to come out of our lives. To be sown in others, so that tiny little mustard seed will become larger than any other tree. Just to kind of keep with the theme, who is going to be the one to accomplish that work? Jesus, God is. What's my role? The sower sows the word. This is encouraging to me. uh, This last parable because it kind of shows me the the end result. Mary Beth and I have been here in North Hollywood for almost five years, and we've sown some seed, I think, and we've seen some of you all sow seed, and some of the response to the seed that we have sown is very encouraging. We're seeing some people in our church, I think, go from just kind of being a plant to being a plant that actually is producing fruit I think that's good. I remember shortly after we started, there's a person that started with us that's like, I've never, until this point, I've never actually like shared my faith, or I've never opened up to somebody about my faith, or told somebody what good work I'm, whose name I'm doing this good work in. Like, yeah, okay, you're producing fruit now. Like, that's you. You're under. You're truly understanding what what Jesus wants you to do as somebody who has received the seed into your heart. But we've also seen other responses we've seen the response of the seed that falls on the path and the seed that falls on the rocky soil and the seed that falls among thorns and we sow and so and so with some people um, and it's discouraging right when there's no response but This parable encourages me because it shows me the bigger picture that God's kingdom will and does grow. It starts small, but it is growing. Ultimately, I don't know how the seeds that I'm sowing are landing. And honestly, here in Los Angeles, people don't live here for real long. A lot of people, they move around so much. I don't know what's happening with the seeds that we're sowing. Some people who stick around for a few years, maybe we can see a bit of what's going on. But one day, when the harvest comes, like the last parable talks about, verse 29, we will know. I think that's kind of the broader understanding of verse 22. Nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Like God will will reveal the work that he has done in and through us, and because of him, the work that he's done. But until then, y'all listen, all I know is that the sower sows the word and then leaves the rest to Jesus. I don't know what I'm sowing on. I don't know if that growth will stand the test of time. Maybe it looks good to begin with. I'm not sure what's going to happen long term. I don't know exactly what happens when somebody actually believes, like what was it that actually changed their mind or caused them to begin to seek those that understanding out from Jesus. But I know that so or so is the word and Jesus gives growth. It says, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Again, he's using the parable to Show that you can't understand unless you go to him for understanding. I love that. Uh, just ironically, as as Jesus delivers this parable, as he says it, he's actually doing the parable. So in verse thirty three, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them. He's sowing the seed to them. Even in verse one, check this out. He got in a boat on the sea, sat on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. You know what that word land is? soil it's the same word as the soil that the rest of the text uses Jesus literally standing in a boat and he's he's speaking his words to people he's he's sowing the word onto the soil of people's hearts and it lands in different ways some people Satan snatches it up and immediately takes it away some hear the message and they receive it with joy They're like everything's being made right look Jesus is healing everybody this is going perfectly I see this guy doing miracles But then things get hard and they realize everything isn't going right and Rome isn't being overthrown and what's going on and they're going to wither in the sun. Some people hear the message of the kingdom, but then think, oh, there's more important things like my own reputation and my fame and money or my family honor. But to some, namely the 12 and some other disciples, they are hearing the word, but they're not just hearing the word, they're understanding the word because they're seeking Jesus for that understanding. But true understanding of the Word means doing the Word, which we'll see them in chapter 6 actually start to do by bearing fruit. And the Word of God is continued on to this day and it's being sown even tonight, even as you hang out with your co-workers and your neighbors this week as um, yeah, the word of God is being sown this day into people's hearts so I just ask you guys to consider for a second I want to start doing this a little bit more but um, just take two minutes just to ask so what um, how, this is the perfect time to ask how can we not just be hearers but be doers mm-hmm. all the soils were hearers of God's word they all heard only the good soil was a, a doer it produced fruit James 1 says, receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive that word which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If you don't do, you're not really understanding. So you're responsible, I think verse 25 says, you're responsible for what you're hearing. And so what do these parables, the parable of these seeds and soils, what do these move you to do? So just ask that for a second. Um, what, what does God's word and understanding of it move you to do. Because if you truly understand, you'll, you'll do it. we brought that for just a minute. All right. Anybody remember the memory verse? So are so the, is the born, word. Mark 414. Cool. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would um, help this um, teaching to sink deep down into our hearts, not to hold on to, but to uh, move us to action. We do want to come to you for understanding, Gus. There's a lot in this passage that we didn't even look at that, um, that we need... Uh, we could use further explanation of that's hard to hard to grasp. Um, God, I ask that as we come to your word, we would seek you for understanding that your spirit would open our eyes, that your spirit would open the eyes of the lost people around us to be able to understand. And um, God, help us as we grow in this knowledge of your word, as we grow and we take it in, would you make even more room in us to take more in and to produce more seed and to sow more seed um, and God I ask that you would help us to trust you I hope you'd help that, I ask that you would help us to be faithful in sowing the word a lot of it and bearing a lot of fruit hopefully like those pomegranates with a hundred seed in them um, be faithful to sow those help us not to be discouraged Lord but to trust that you will provide understanding to those whom you will you desire it, and um, we'll give you the praise for the work that we see you do, even when we don't know exactly how you're doing. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.